Exile Chapter 6 Blingdonstone Blingdonstone was different from anything that Drizzt had ever seen. When the Swiftnebling guards ushered him through the immense stone and iron doors, he had expected a sight not unlike Menzoberranzan, though on a lesser scale. His expectations could not have been further from the truth. While Menzoberranzan sprawled in a single huge cavern, Blingdonstone was composed of a series of chambers interconnected by low tunnels. The largest cavern of the complex, just beyond the iron doors, was the first section that Drizzt entered. The city guard was housed there, and the chamber had been shaped and designed solely for that purpose. Dozens of tiers and twice the number of smooth stairways rose and fell, so that while an attacker might be only ten feet from a defender, he would possibly have to climb down several levels and up several others to get close enough to strike. Low walls of perfectly fitted piled stone defended the walkways and weaved around higher, thicker walls that could keep an invading army bottled up for a painfully long time in the chamber's exposed sections. Scores of Srifnebli rushed about their posts to confirm the whispers that a drow elf had been brought in through the doors. They leered down at Drizzt from every perch, and he couldn't be certain if their expression signified curiosity or outrage. In either case, the deep gnomes were certainly prepared against anything he might attempt. Every one of them clutched darts or heavy crossbows, cocked and ready. The Srifnebli led Drizzt through the chamber, up as many stairs as they went down, always within the defended walkways and always with several other deep gnome guards nearby. The path turned and dropped, rose up quickly, and cut back on itself many times, and the only way that Drizzt could keep his bearing was by watching the ceiling which was visible even from the lowest levels of the chamber. The drow smirked inwardly, but dared not show a smile at the thought that even if no deep gnome soldiers were present, an invading army would likely spend hours trying to find its way through this single chamber. Down at the end of a low and narrow corridor, where the deep gnomes had to travel single file, and Drizzt had to crouch with every step, the troop entered the city proper. Wider, but not nearly as long as the first room, this chamber, too, was tiered, though with far fewer levels. Dozens of cave entrances lined the walls to all sides, and fires burned in several areas, a rare sight in the Underdark, for fuel was not easily found. Blingdonstone was bright and warm by Underdark standards, but not uncomfortable in either case. Drizzt felt at ease, despite his obvious predicament, as he watched the Srifnebli go about their daily routines all around him. Curious gazes fell on him but did not linger, for the deep gnomes of Blingdonstone were an industrious lot with hardly the time to stand idly and watch. Again, Drizzt was led down clearly defined roadways. These in the city proper were not as twisting and difficult as the ones at the entrance cavern. Here the roads rolled out smoothly and straight, and all apparently led to a large central stone building. The leader of the group escorting Drizzt rushed ahead to speak with two pick-wielding guards at this central structure. One of the guards bolted inside, while the other held the iron door open for the patrol and its prisoner. Moving with urgency from the first time they had entered the city, the Srifnebli rushed Drizzt through a series of bending corridors, ending in a circular chamber no more than eight feet in diameter and with an uncomfortably low ceiling. The room was empty except for a single stone chair. As soon as he was placed in this, Drizzt understood its purpose. Iron shackles were built into the chair, and Drizzt was belted down tightly at every joint. 
The Swerfnebli were not overly gentle, but when Drizzt flinched as the chain around his waist doubled up and pinched him, one of the deep gnomes quickly released Thin and reset it, firmly but smoothly. They left Drizzt alone in the dark and empty room. The stone door closed with a dull thud of finality, and Drizzt could not hear a sound from beyond. The hours passed. Drizzt flexed his muscles, seeking some give in the tight shackles. One hand wiggled and pulled, and only the pain of the iron biting into his wrist altered his actions. He was reverting to the hunter again, acting to survive and desiring only to escape. No! Drizzt yelled. He tensed every muscle and forced them back into his rational control. Had the hunter gained that much of a place? Drizzt had come here willingly, and thus far the meeting had proceeded better than he had expected. This was not the time for desperate action— but was the hunter strong enough to overrule Drizzt's rational decisions? Drizzt didn't find the time to answer those questions, for a second later, the stone door banged open and a group of seven elderly, judging from their extraordinary number of wrinkles across their faces, Swerfnebli entered and fanned out around the stone chair. Drizzt recognized the apparent importance of this group, for where the guards had worn leather jacks set with mithril rings, these deep gnomes wore robes of fine material, they bustled about, inspecting Driz closely and chattering in their undecipherable tongue. One Swiftneblin held up Driz's house emblem, which had been taken from the neck purse, and uttered, Menzabaranzen? Driz nodded as much as his iron collar would allow, eager to strike up some kind of communication with his captors. The deep gnomes had other intentions, however. They went back to their private, and now even more excited, conversation. It went on for many minutes— and Driz could tell by the inflections in their voices that a couple of the Shrefnebli were less than thrilled at having a dark elf prisoner from the city of their closest and most hated enemies. By the angry tone of their arguing, Drizzt had almost expected one of them to turn around at any moment and slice his throat. It didn't happen like that, of course. Deep gnomes were neither rash nor cruel creatures. One of the group did turn from the others and walk over to face Driz squarely. He asked in halting but unmistakable drow language, "'By the stones, Dark Elf, why have you come?' Driz did not know how to answer that simple question. How could he even begin to explain his years of loneliness in the Underdark, or the decision to forsake his evil people and live in accordance with his principles? "'Friend,' he simply replied, and then he shifted uncomfortably, thinking his response absurd and inadequate." The Surf Neblin, though, apparently thought otherwise. He scratched his hairless chin and considered the answer deeply. You, you come in to us from Menzabaranzen, he asked, his hawk-like nose crinkling as he uttered each word. I did, Driz replied, gaining confidence. The deep gnome tilted his head, waiting for Driz to extrapolate. I left Menzabaranzen many years ago. Driz tried to explain. His eyes stared away into the past as he remembered the life that he had deserted. It was never my home. Ah, but you lie, Dark Elf, the Swerfneblin shrieked, holding up the emblem of House to Arden and missing the private connotations of Driz's words. I lived for many years in the city of the Drow, he replied quickly. I am Driz Duarden, once the second boy of House to Arden. He looked at the emblem the Swerfnebli held stamped with the insignia of his family, and tried to explain, Dermen Neshers Bernen. 
The deep gnome turned to his comrades, who began talking all at once. One of them nodded excitedly, apparently recognizing the drow house's ancient name, which surprised Drizzt. The deep gnome, who had been questioning Drizzt, tapped his fingers over his wrinkled lips, making annoying little smacking sounds while he contemplated his interrogation's direction. "'By all of our information, House Tuarden survives,' he remarked casually, noting Drizzt's reaction. When Drizzt did not immediately respond, the deep gnome snapped at him accusingly, "'You are no rogue!' How could this Rifneblin know what Driz wondered? I am a rogue by choice. He started to explain. Ah, dark elf, the deep gnome replied again calmly. You are here by choice. That much I can believe. But a rogue? By the stones, dark elf. The deep gnome's face contorted suddenly and fearfully. You are a spy! Then, suddenly, the deep gnomes once again calmed and relaxed into a comfortable posture. Drizzt eyed him carefully. Was the Shrifneblin adept at such abrupt attitude changes designed to keep a prisoner off guard? Or was such unpredictability the norm of his race? Drizzt struggled with that for a moment, trying to remember his one previous encounter with deep gnomes. But then his questioner reached into an imposingly deep pocket in his thick robes and produced a familiar figurine. "'Tell me, now tell me true, dark elf, and spare yourself much torment. "'What is this?' the deep gnome asked quietly. "'Drizzt felt his muscles twitching again. "'The hunter wanted to call to Gwenhyver to bring the panther in "'so that it could tear these wrinkled old Surfnebli apart. "'One of them might hold the key to Drizzt's chains. "'Then he would be free.' Drizzt shook the thoughts from his head and drove the hunter out of his mind. He knew the desperation of his situation, and he had known it from the moment that he had decided to come to Blingdenstone. If the Shrifnebli truly believed him a spy, they surely would execute him. Even if they were not certain of his intent, could they dare to keep him alive? It was folly to come here. Drizzt whispered under his breath, realizing the dilemma that he placed upon himself and upon the deep gnomes. The hunter tried to get back into his thoughts. A single word, and the panther would appear. No! Driz cried for the second time that day, dismissing the darker side of himself. The deep gnomes jumped back, fearing that the drow was casting a spell. A dart nicked into Driz's chest, releasing a puff of gas on impact. Driz swooned as the gas filled his nostrils. He heard the Shrifnebli shuffling about him, discussing his fate in their foreign tongue. He saw the form of one, only a shadow, closed in on him and grasped at his fingers, searching his hands for possible magical components. When Driz's thoughts and visions had at last cleared, all was as it had been. The Ankh's figurine came up before his eyes. "'What is this?' the deep gnome asked him again, this time a bit more insistently. "'A companion,' Driz whispered. "'My only friend.' Driz thought about his next actions for a long moment." He really couldn't blame the Shrifnebli if they'd killed him, and Gwenhyver should be more than a statuette adorning some unknowing deep gnome's mantle. "'Its name is Gwenhyver,' Drizzt explained to the deep gnome. "'Call to the panther and it will come, an ally and friend. Keep it safe, for it is very precious and very powerful.' The Shrifneblin looked to the figurine and then back to Drizzt, curiously and cautiously. 
he handed the figurine to one of his companions and sent him out of the room with it, not trusting the drow. If the drow had spoken truly, and the deep gnome did not doubt that he had, Drizzt had just given away the secret to a very valuable magic item. Even more startling, if Drizzt had spoken truly, he might have relinquished his single chance of escape. This Swiftnedlin had lived nearly two centuries and was as knowledgeable in the ways of dark elves as any of his people. When a drow elf acted unprecedentedly, as this one surely had, it troubled the Swiftnedlin deeply. Dark elves were cruel and evil by well-earned reputation, and when an individual drow fit the usual patterns, he could be dealt with efficiently and without remorse. But what might the deep gnomes do with a drow who showed a measure of unexpected morals? The Srivnebli went back to their private conversation, ignoring Drizzt altogether. Then they left, with the exception of one who could speak the dark elf tongue. What will you do? Drizzt dared to ask. Judgment is reserved for the king alone, the deep gnome replied soberly. He will rule on your fate in several days, perhaps, based on the observations of his advising council, the group you have met. The deep gnome bowed low and looked Drizzt in the eye as he rose and said bluntly, I suspect, Dark Elf, that you will be executed. Drizzt nodded, resigned to the logic that would call to his death. But I believe you are different, Dark Elf, the Deep Gnome went on. I suspect as well that I will recommend leniency, or at least mercy, in the execution. With a quick shrug of his heavy-set shoulders, the Surf Neblin turned about and headed to the door. The tone of the Deep Gnome's words struck a familiar chord in Drizzt. Another Surf Neblin had spoken to Drizzt in a similar manner, with strikingly similar words many, many years before. "'Wait!' Drizzt called. The Surf Neblin paused and turned, and Drizzt fumbled with his thoughts, trying to remember the name of the Deep Gnome he had saved on the past occasion. "'What is it?' The Shurf Neblin asked, growling impatient. A, "'A deep gnome,' Driz sputtered. "'From your city. I, I believe, yes, he had to be.' "'You know of one of my people, Dark Elf?' The Shurf Neblin prompted, stepping back to the stone chair. "'Name him.' "'I, I do not know,' Driz replied. "'I was a member of a hunting party years ago, a decade, perhaps.' We battled a group of Surfnebli that had come into our region. He flinched at the deep gnome's frown, but continued on, knowing that the single Surfneblin survivor of that encounter might be his only hope. Only one deep gnome survived, I think, and returned to Blindenstone. What was this survivor's name? The Surfneblin demanded, angrily, his arms crossed tightly over his chest and his heavy boot tapping on the floor. I don't remember, Drizzt admitted. Why do you tell me this? The Surf Meblin growled. I had thought you different from... He lost his hands in the battle, Drizzt went on stubbornly. Please, you must know of him. Belwar? The Surf Meblin replied immediately. The name rekindled even more memories in Drizzt. Belwar Disengulp, Drizzt spouted. Then he is alive. He might remember, he will never forget that evil day, dark elf, the Surf Nublin declared through clenched teeth, an angry edge evident in his voice. None in Blindenstone will ever forget that evil day. Get him. Get Belwar Disengulp, Drizzt pleaded. The deep gnome backed out of the room, 
shaking his head at the Dark Elves' continued surprises. The stone door slammed shut, leaving Drizzt alone to contemplate his morality and to push aside hopes he dared not hope. "'Did you think that I would let you get away from me?' Malice was saying to Ryzen when Dinan entered the chapel's anteroom. "'It was but a ploy to keep Sinefe Honnet's suspicions at ease.' "'Thank you, Matron Mother,' Ryzen replied in honest relief. Bowing with every step, he backed away from Malice's throne. Malice looked around at her gathered family. "'Our ten days of toil are ended,' she proclaimed. "'Zinkala is complete!' Dinan wrung his hands in anticipation. Only the females of the family had seen the product of their work. On cue from Malice, Verna moved to a curtain on the side of the room and pulled it away. There stood Zach Nefane, the weapons master, no longer a rotting corpse, but showing the vitality that he'd possessed in life. Dinan rocked back on his heels as the weapons master came forward to stand before Matron Malice. As... "'Handsome as you always were, my dear Zach Nefane,' Malice purred to the spirit wraith. The undead thing made no response. "'And more obedient,' Breeza added, drawing chuckles from all the females. "'This he will go after Drizzt?' Dinan dared to ask, though he fully understood that it was not his place to speak." Malice and the others were too absorbed by the spectacle of Zach Nefane to punish the elder boy's oversight. Zach Nefane will exact the punishment that your brother so deeply deserves, Malice promised, her eyes sparkling at the notion. But wait, Malice said coyly, looking from the spirit wraith to Ryzen. He is too pretty to inspire fear in my impudent son. The others exchanged confused glances, wondering if Malice was further trying to placate Ryzen for the ordeal that she'd put him through. "'Come, my husband,' Malice said to Ryzen. "'Take your blade and mark your dead rival's face. It will feel good to you, and it will inspire terror in Drizzt when he looks upon his old mentor.' Ryzen moved tentatively at first, then gained confidence as he closed on the spirit wraith. Zach Nefane stood perfectly still, not breathing or blinking, seemingly oblivious to the events around him. Ryzen put a hand to his sword, looking back to Malice one final time for confirmation. Malice nodded. With a snarl, Ryzen brought his sword out of its sheath and thrust it at Zach Nefane's face. But it never got close. Quicker than the others could follow, the spirit wraith exploded into motion. Two swords came out and cut away, diving and crossing with perfect precision. The swords went flying from Ryzen's hand, and before the doomed patron of House Warden could even speak a word of protest, one of Zach Devane's swords crossed over his throat and the other plunged deep into his heart. Ryzen was dead before he hit the floor, but the spirit wraith was not so quickly and cleanly finished with him. Zachnafane's weapons continued their assault, hacking and slicing into Ryzen a dozen times until Malice, satisfied with the display, called him off. "'That one bores me,' Malice explained to the disbelieving stares of her children. "'I have another patron already selected from among the commoners.' It was not, however, Ryzen's death that inspired the awestruck expressions of Malice's children— they cared nothing for any of the mates that their mother chose as patron of the house, always a temporary position. 
It was the speed and skill of the spirit wraith that had stolen their breath. As good as in life, Dinan remarked. Better, Malice replied. Zachnafane is all that he was as a warrior, and now the fighting skill holds his every thought. He will view no distractions from his chosen course. Look upon him, my children, Zinkala, the gift of Loth. She turned to Dinan and smiled wickedly. I'll not approach the thing, Dinan gasped, thinking his macabre mother might desire a second display. Malice laughed at him. <laughs> Fear not, elder boy. I have no cause to harm you. Dinan hardly relaxed at her words. Malice needed no cause. The hacked body of Ryzen showed the fact all too clearly. You will lead the spirit wraith out. Out? Dinan replied tentatively. Into the region where you encountered your brother, Malice explained. I am to stay beside the thing? Dinan gasped. Lead him out and leave him, Malice replied. Zach Nefane knows his prey. He has been imbued with spells to aid him in his hunt. Off to the side, Breeza seemed concerned. What is it? Malice demanded of her, seeing her frown. I do not question the spirit race power or magic that has been placed upon it. Breeza began tentatively, knowing that Malice would accept no discord regarding this all-important matter. "'You still fear your youngest brother?' Malice asked her. Breeza didn't know how to answer. "'Allay your fears, as valid as you may think them,' Malice said calmly. "'All of you. Zachnafane is a gift from our queen. Nothing in all the Underdark will stop him.' She looked at the undead monster. "'You will not fail me, will you, my weapons master?' Zachnafane stood impassive, bloodied swords back in their scabbards, hands at his sides, his eyes unblinking, a statue he seemed, not breathing, unalive. But any who thought Zachnafane inanimate needed only to look at the spirit wraith's feet, to the mutilated lump of gore that had been the patron of House Tuarden.